Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is officially midnight Pacific time in all the continental 48 states, and that means right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, we're going to get you just all caught up on everything that you need to be able to bet this NFL Sunday. We're going to have a great time with it. Going to throw there a little bit of college basketball as well. You guys heard in the last hour, I wanted giving out. The pick that I'm going to be giving to the New York Post for this upcoming college basketball Sunday. So I'm going to get you guys that at some point during this hour as well. So I have no worries there. But with that said, we've got a lot of great action that's going to be going down on this NFL Sunday. I am a gentleman from the great state of Wisconsin, which means that it is in my contract that I wind up starting off with the Packers game. How about if we go to Lambeau Field? Seattle Seahawks going to be playing against the Green Bay Packers. Right now, you're finding this total in a lot of places right around a 49 and a half. We did wind up seeing it at 50 earlier in the day. I personally wound up taking it under 50. I'll explain why in a minute. But when it comes to the spread, you're right now finding the Packers as a three and a half point favorite. We have seen quite a bit of movement because it looks like we're going to be getting Russell Wilson on the field for the Seattle Seahawks. No question. It is a big booster for this team. There was a little bit of speculation as it becomes a little bit more clear that he is going to be getting out there. We are seeing a little bit more steam come in on the Seattle Seahawks. With that said, though, I still take a look at the Green Bay Packers, and I do think that they're going to be able to get it done because you did wind up seeing Aaron Rodgers get off the COVID-19 list. That was a question mark when it came to this game, and I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be feeling any ill effects of everything that wound up happening. He's someone that wound up having, obviously, that bad start to the year in week one against the New Orleans Saints, but you just take a look at him ever since then. He has been absolutely remarkable, and 
going up against someone in Russell Wilson who he is just a flat-out winner. In every single one of Aaron of, of Russell Wilson's seasons, his teams have come out with at least nine wins. That is absolutely insane. He's now up against it a little bit because he wanted missing a few weeks. I do think that he's going to be able to find wins. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be this week because you got to feel like with him missing for quite a few weeks, dealing with that thumb, and it's probably still going to be a lingering inch issue a little bit that it's going to hurt them. And what has really been hot for the Green Bay Packers this year has not necessarily been the offense. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been relatively solid, but it's a case in which he's been just taking what the defense has given him. He's been able to do a great job, completing right around 67% of his passes, 17 touchdowns to three interceptions. So he has been highly effective there. But how about this defense? They've dealt with injuries with Jair Alexander. The under has cashed, I believe, in now five out of the last six Green Bay Packers games. You've got guys like Adrian Amos who have stepped up and been able to make some nice plays for the team. And then Devondre Campbell has really been a little bit of a godsend for the team as well. Pair of interceptions, 83 total tackles. He has been very good for this bunch. Then you take a look at the CLC Ox. It's not the world's worst defense. At the same time, though, it certainly has left quite a bit of something to be desired. As we all know, this is not the legion of boom defense anymore. But when it comes to everything that we do wind up seeing with the Packers, they are a little bit predictable, in my opinion, when it comes to their, their offense. Because you've got really one key piece that you need to take away. That's Devontae Adams. Adams has been absolutely amazing for the Packers. Now, I will say, without him... The Packers have actually won quite a few games. So that game that we wound up seeing a few weeks ago, the Packers win. It's not necessarily out of the full, but other than Adams, you don't have a single guy with more than 20 receptions this season for the Green Bay Packers at the wide receiver spot. You've had Aaron Jones be able to emerge as a little bit of a backfield option. But I take a look at this game. I think that you're going to get another relatively low-scoring slobber knocker. I do think that the Seahawks are certainly going to let Russ, Russ cook because you just take a look at their running back situation in general. Chris Carson has been banged up all season long. Alex Collins has been able to do a relatively solid job ever since he's had to absorb the bulk of the carries, but not like he's necessarily too much of a home run hitter. He's going to give you a little bit of this and that, but not necessarily a guy that you want to be hanging your hat on. So what I really do like here is the under in this spot. I do think that the Packers should be able to cover this game as well. I could very well see them win by a touchdown, but when I just take a look at the Packers, until I wind up seeing a shift in these totals, because I do feel like this total being right around a 49 and a half, so I ended up 50 a little bit earlier, is based on the reputation of the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks in general. And I feel like if you wind up zagging while everyone else is zigging, it does wind up giving you a little bit of profitability. And I've been talking about this quite a bit on the show, the fact that we are just seeing an undertrend when it comes to all sports. In the NBA, over 60% of games are going under. In the NHL, right around 53% of games are going under. In college football, going into Saturday, we wound up seeing right around 54% of their games winding up going under. And when it comes to the NFL, right now we've seen 55.1% of games go under. Going into this NFL Sunday, 75 unders, 61 overs. So it has been something that has really been keeping me on my toes in general. And if you want to go even further, in games that don't wind up going to overtime in the NFL, 59.3 59.3 of non-overtime games in the NFL have wound up going under according to covers. So it certainly has been a case of which we have seen a whole bunch of unders. I'm going to be riding with another one with the Green Bay Packers. How about if we stay out there in the NFC and we wind up going with a matchup that is going to be in the 10 a.m. window. We've got the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to be facing off with the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons have certainly been a team 
in transition to say the least. You're finding them pretty much across the board as an eight-point underdog. When it comes to this total, you're seeing it by and large at a 55. You're going to find a couple 54 and a halfs. One doubt if you wind up seeing a 55 and a half pop as well. But when it comes to this spot, I'm going to be taking a look at another under in this spot because with the Dallas Cowboys, this team has been doing a relatively solid job of being able to move the ball, but the defense has actually been able to improve a little bit as the season went along. This has been a Cowboys team that over the last few years prior to this season, they had been playing the Ole style of defense, and by that I mean absolutely none whatsoever, but you take a look at them in recent weeks, and they came against the Vikings. They were able to do a solid job there. The the Denver Broncos game, that was a little bit of a calamity. I chalk up the fact that they wound up giving 30 points up to a little bit more of the lack of offense in general, but I do feel like this is a defense that they are stepping up. You've got guys that have been able to make plays ever since they wound up letting go of Jalen Smith. Micah Parsons has been able to do a nice job. He's been able to give the team five sacks. He's been able to do a good job of being able to fortify that front seven. Then you take a look at the Dallas Cowboys in general. Dak Prescott wound up having an off week against the Denver Broncos, and I think that he's certainly going to be able to return the form, but what are you going to be able to get out of the Atlanta Falcons? This is an offense that has been pretty stinking pedestrian because you've right now got Cordell Patterson, Right now, getting the bulk of carries for teams. If you would have told me that in 2021, Cordero Patterson would be your featured running back, I would have just completely laughed at you and said, no way there's any NFL team that has their main running back as Cordero Patterson. But that is what we are finding here in 2021, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're looking for strange things, that is certainly one of them. But Matt Ryan, he's certainly someone that is going to take what the defense gives him. He has been been completing right around 69.5% of his passes, but with Calvin Ridley currently being off the field, he is attending to mental health things. You wish him absolutely nothing but the best, but I mean, that takes away a big giant option. You've got Kyle Pitts, who has been able to emerge recently. He had a rough first couple weeks of the season. He's been able to pick it up ever since that game out there in London, but when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, they're not necessarily stout. When it comes to the offensive line, I do think that Micah Parsons is going to be able to get a sack in this game, and when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons in general, it's a team in which they don't have a lot of redeeming qualities. The defense isn't great. It's certainly not terrible either. I do like what you've got out there in that front seven. Dante Fowler has been able to return to the team. He's been able to give you a little bit of this and that. Has been a bit of a smattering of him recently. He's been able to give the team a pair of sacks. I think that he's going to have a little bit more of an impact moving forward. But when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, I just felt like coming into the year, they were a little bit of an overrated team. I just don't necessarily see it with Matt Ryan anymore. I think that they need to do a little bit of a better job of being able to help him out. And it just said all that you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons that coming into the year, they did wind up trading away Julio Jones, who is now with the Tennessee Titans. I felt like that was really the writing on the wall that this was going to be a little bit of a rough year for the Atlanta Falcons. It's one of these cases in which, once again, when it comes to this game, I like the total a little bit more than the side. I'm looking at another under in this spot. I do think that the Cowboys should be able to get the job done. I'm going to be willing to lay the eight here with them. Obviously, you want to try to see if this winds up going down. But as we know, America's team, they typically don't have steam winding up going against them. It's always something that you want to gauge, whether it be the NFL, whether it be the MLB, college basketball, all these games are just public teams that we all know, like in college basketball. How often is it that we're going to see Duke winding up not getting the steam when it comes to Baseball, the LA Dodgers, obviously in the NFL, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers. We all know these teams at this point, so makes it nice and easy there. But I do think that the Cowboys should be able to cover this game. And one that I think is going to be a little bit lower scoring than the bookmakers would lead you to believe. We've been talking quite a bit about the NFC here in the beginning part of the segment, but 
Now we've got to go with an a NFC versus AFC matchup. We were talking about this game a little bit earlier with Mike Palm. The fact that there is going to be no Ben Roethlisberger out there on the field for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they are going to be playing us to the Detroit Lions. The Lions were finding themselves as right around a 10-ish point underdog, depending on where you're looking for this game. Now you're seeing a lot of sixes and six and a half ish spreads. So you've seen about a three to a three and a half point move on this game, depending on your book. And it's a case of which I do think that the Lions actually provide a little bit of value on the spread. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off outright. I know that there are many of you guys that if you're in a survivor pool, you probably thought, oh, this is the perfect week to use the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now congratulations. You have no Ben Roethlisberger out there, but what is very encouraging for the Pittsburgh Steelers is that you do have Najee Harris being able to emerge for this team, which will be able to take the pressure off for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. With Harris, he's only averaging right around three and a half yards per carry, but a lot of that is because at the beginning part of the season, it was just not good for him. He has had a rushing touchdown and now four out of the last five weeks. So I do think that the Steelers are certainly going to look to run. And if you're looking for something very encouraging with the Steelers, you still have one of the best coaches in all the NFL, Mike Tomlin. He is not going to USC, ladies and gentlemen, but I mean, when you take a look at this guy, he does a great job of being able to scheme things up year in and year out. The Steelers did not wind up addressing the offensive line like they needed to in the offseason, and yet he's been able to work around that quite a bit, and he's been having the Steelers very competitive despite having to do a little bit more with less. We're going to be talking a little bit more about this game on the other side and continuing to take a look forward for this great NFL Sunday on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and those. Then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. The VSN midseason football special is here. For just $99, you get everything VSN has to offer now until the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bets emails, 24 7 video streaming, betting splits for every single sport, point spread weekly, plus in depth data and analysis on VSIN.com. And, of course, the College Basketball Betting Guide out right now, and it's been a good start to the season. This is a great deal. Just 99 bucks for the rest of the football season. So, sign up now. VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe, as we're back here in Las Vegas. It is a Greg Peterson experience. And newest gentleman to get a follow from myself, our wonderful audio man, Mikhail. He does absolutely terrific work, and he is apparently VEASAN's number one Formula One handicapper and analysis. So, I'm going to need to talk a little bit more about that in future weeks. Mikhail is getting me excited about that. I am someone that I'm typically up at like 4 or 5 a.m. doing college basketball work, MLB, what have you. And sometimes you wind up seeing a little bit of Formula One on because typically you'll have a lot of those races out there in Europe. So while it's very, very early in the a.m. here, over there in Europe, it's like the early afternoon hours. So you know what? There's If there's money to be made, I'm willing to talk about it on this show all the time. We've also got our wonderful producer, Brian, doing a great job tonight. He was able to get on Mike Palm, who really brought it in the second hour. Steve Quiz was able to provide a great interview in the first hour as well. So a big thanks to him. 
You've also got back there, Oliver doing a great job, and Nick. So all of you guys are doing absolutely superb work, and hopefully there will be some superb work done by the Detroit Lions to be able to cover because I don't know if they're necessarily going to be able to win the game outright. I was talking about this a little bit on the other side, but I think that a lot of people are a little bit too quick to trash Jared Goff. Now, Goff is certainly not a guy that is going to be finding him on the Mount Rushmore of great quarterbacks or anything like that, but at the same time, he's been able to do a relatively okay job. He's completing right around 67% of his passes. Certainly has not necessarily had a bunch of touchdowns, but you also take a look at what he has to be able to work with, and it has been, shall we say, minimal so far this season, but I do think that this could be a little bit of a spot for a sneaky over because when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, they do have a relatively solid secondary, and let's face it, the Detroit Lions, they are not necessarily the most stout team on defense. You take a look at that secondary, it should be the nationality of the secondary should be Swiss cheese because... I mean, man, it has not been great, but you just take a look at this Detroit Lions team in general. I think that there's a chance that they're able to cover this game. TJ Hawkinson on the outside is able to give you a little bit of this and that. When it comes to the Lions, they have been banged up, but having just a healthy DeAndre Swift, I think is good. Jamal Williams is going to be out of the fold, so you've got to figure that the Lions are going to need to get the running game going with Swift. Only 3.2 yards per carry, but I feel like his usage has been... Just not necessarily the best in general. He's been dealing with a lot of ailments himself. And I do think that if he's able to give this team a couple relatively solid carries, that is going to be able to take the pressure off of Jared Goff. And I do think that that is going to be happening because I feel like the Steelers are a little bit stronger when it comes to being able to guard the pass rather than just everything on the ground. And I do think that the Lions have a chance to be able to hang in there. So this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the Lions catching six and a half. Once again, I don't know if they wind up winning this game outright because we got a nice big old switcheroo at quarterback as it is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger. That news wound up breaking towards the latter p.m. hours. If you're out here on the West Coast, more around 4 to 5 p.m., but certainly something you got to be taking a look at it with your handicap as it's going to be Mason Rudolph at quarterback. I know that there was maybe a little bit of speculation as to Dwayne Askins, but sounds like Rudolph is going to be going. And you also want to note for the Steelers, looks like Chase Claypool is going to be out of the fold as well. So got a lot of moving parts there. I think that you're getting a little bit of good value with the Lions team that they have been able to cover a couple spreads this year. Certainly have not been able to win games outright. I don't want to bet on them on the money line, but I do think that there's a little bit of value with the points. Is there going to be a little bit of value with under this underdog? I say no. I think that it's going to be a letdown hotel for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they head to Indianapolis to face off against the Colts. As we know, the Jaguars, they got their first win on U.S. soil in over 400 days last week. And I think that the Colts are going to be able to take it to them with the Colts finding them in a lot of places right around a 10-point favorite. When it comes to the total, you're going to be finding it more in the pocket of about a 47.5 to, I'm seeing in a couple spots, a 47, a couple spots of 48, but mostly 47.5. I know that the number is big here with the Indianapolis Colts, but it's warranted. You just take a look at this Jags team, and it has been a rough year for Trevor Lawrence, to say the least. They did not wind up winning the game last week because Trevor Lawrence was amazing. It's because Josh Allen wound up sacking Josh Allen, something that I never thought I would say before in my life to a guy pretty much sacking himself. But as we know, there's two Josh Allens out there, and both are relatively solid. But when it comes to this Jacksonville Jaguars team, the good news for them is that they might wind up getting back James Robinson. He is about as questionable as questionable gets for this one. So you want to be checking in on this, especially if you're looking to back 
the Jacksonville Jaguars. So his injury concerns are certainly something that do pop up because even if he does wind up going in this game, you got to figure that he's going to be less than 100%. And you just take a look at this Colts team. Michael Pittman Jr. has been able to do a great job on the outside for Carson Wentz. And Wentz, as we know, he had a little bit of a rough go of it to begin the season. But at his peak, this is a guy that we all forget the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Prior to him going down with an injury, he was looked at as a fringe MVP candidate. He was looking like he was becoming the second coming at quarterback. He obviously in Philadelphia just needed a little bit of a change of scenery, but he seems to be really blossoming now. He's had multiple touchdowns and zero interceptions in four out of the last five weeks. He just looks more comfortable with the offense in general. And what always helps out a quarterback is being able to have a good run game. He has had that all year long. Jonathan Taylor has been absolutely superb for this team. He's averaging nearly six yards per carry. He's able to catch a ball out of the backfield. Jonathan Taylor is one of the most important ancillary pieces in all of the NFL. Now, you are going to be dealing with a couple of injuries when it comes to the Colts as well. DeForest Buckner, he is very questionable for this game. And Xavier Rhodes is going to be out of the fold when it comes to the defense as well. But when it comes to the Jags, I just don't have a lot of faith that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to find his guys like LaVishkis, Chenault, and company to be able to take care of this. And when it comes to Colts, this is a team that they have all of a sudden really been able to emerge on offense. They have scored at least 24 points in now all but one of their games ever since the opening week of the season against the Seattle Seahawks. So they have been very much an over team. And I do recognize that they want to actually revamping the defense a little bit as well. So that tells you just where they are at. The Colts have been able to do a nice job of moving the ball because they've got one of the more balanced attacks that you're able to find in the NFL. You tell that Frank Reich and Wentz being able to hook back up. That has been a very good combination. And I think that the Jags, a team that, let's call it what it is, they've got a coach that should be on his way out towards the end of the year, Urban Meyer, a defense that they have looked really good against the Bills, but they've also had their warts. We saw what happened against the Seattle Seahawks when they had Geno Smith in there a few weeks ago. That was, shall we say, not good to say the least. I think that it's going to be a spot at which after the Jags wind up getting that very nice win, they're going to be in for a big giant letdown. I think that the Colts are going to be able to continue their run of being able to get north of four touchdowns. So I think that this is a spot in which it's a good one for the Colts to be able to win this game. And I just don't know if the Jags are going to be able to get 10 points in this one. So I'm certainly much more bullish on the spread than the total because I just don't know if the Jaguars are going to be able to do enough to be able to get the over. But at the same time, I think that the Colts, they're certainly going to be able to do their part. So we're looking to lay the points here with Indianapolis. This is going to be another intriguing game of which you got a short favor. We're going to stay out there in the AFC as you've got the New England Patriots and they're going to be taking on the Cleveland Browns. If you want a team that has been dealing with a little bit of controversy the last few weeks, it certainly is our good friends, the Cleveland Browns. And they're finding themselves as a 2-2-2.5 point underdog. We've seen a couple twos emerge in this game and your total, it has held steady pretty much across the board. You're finding it at a 45, but when I take a look at good coaches, both of these guys really go towards the top of the list. We all know what Bill Belichick has been able to do. Kevin Stefanski, I feel like, is one of the better young coaches out there in the NFL. I feel like Baker Mayfield does take a little bit of unjust blame from time to time, and we've just seen it throughout his career. He has been significantly better whenever you've had off-the-field Odell Beckham Jr., so I think that that's going to be a big storyline. But what I think is going to be big for the Browns moving forward is that you know that this is now going to be a little bit of a cloud. Every time Baker Mayfield winds up having a good performance, everyone's going to be like, see what I mean? It just is a matter of getting Odell Beckham off the field. Meanwhile, if Odell Beckham winds up tearing it up within the next few weeks with the Rams and Baker Mayfield 
starts to lose games, there's going to be the media sitting there like, oh, you see, it was Baker Mayfield that was a problem. It's just something that winds up happening. And, like, I mean, we've seen it with, like, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, all the people making the comparisons because Tom Brady winds up winning the Super Bowl and the Patriots wanted to play a season, missing out on the postseason. But what I think is just so big in this game is that the Browns are not going to have much of a running game as You've got Felton, who's going to be on the fold for this game. Nick Chubb is all sorts of banged up as well. And Nick Chubb, I feel like, when healthy, is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Having him off the field, a guy that is averaging right around six yards per carry, that is not what you need when you wind up having a quarterback trying to prove that he's able to be his best self without hit one of his main wide receivers, Donovan Peoples-Jones, has been injured as well. So, I mean, it's just a myriad of situations that is happening for the Browns and the Mac attack. Mac Jones, he just looks better and better as things go along for the New England Patriots. I think that he's going to be able to get the job done. Certainly willing to lay this number here at two and a half. You're getting it under a field goal. So I think that that's a very good value, a very good value in general. It's just this slate of NFL that we have coming up next. We're going to continue to look at all these games, get you guys all set for a great NFL Sunday right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available at vsin.com for you to be able to keep up with key NFL props. Head over to vsin.com to get current odds as well as movement for each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track your odds for MVP. Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. Check out the Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game. Now at vsin.com slash NFL as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on vsin. Got two segments left and have no fear. We've got you covered all throughout the day right here on the Sports Betting Network wall-to-wall coverage as it's going to be leading off with Point Spread Sunday. That is at 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern, leading up to the NFL Sunday. Then we've got you covered with things like the Green Zone. You've got the opening line show once things wind up getting wrapped up with John Von Tobel along with Matt Eumann. So it's a great lineup. We've got a little bit of everything for you. I'm going to be hitting on a little bit of college basketball in the final segment as well. So have no fear there. I know that many of you guys always ask for the New York Post play of the day. So I'll give that out to you. Just what I'm looking at on the board in general. But what I'm looking at when it comes to the NFL is a game that I was talking about a little bit earlier last hour with our good buddy Mike Palm. So shout out to him for joining the show tonight as you've got the Denver Broncos and the Philadelphia Eagles. It always feels like there's one team every single year that the Sharps like to really hammer and I have no idea why they like to hammer that team. And this year it is our good friends of Philadelphia Eagles as you're finding them as in most places right around a two-point underdog with the Eagles and your total on this game Pretty much a 45 across the board. I'm seeing a couple straight 45 and a half, but I take a look at Teddy Covers, and I think that he's going to be able to get the job done once again here for the Denver Broncos. When it comes to Denver, you do have a couple of guys that are injured for this team. Patrick Sertain, the second, is questionable for this game, but I do think that he is going to probably wind up suiting it up, even if he doesn't. I still think that this is a Broncos team that they're going to do a good job against a guy in Jalen Hurts that Let's call it what it is. He hasn't necessarily been overly terrific when it comes to just being able to get this team to victory. He is someone that it feels like is improving. Now, what I will say to Jalen Hurts' credit is 
that he has not thrown an interception in each of the last three weeks, but we also have to keep this in mind. He did wind up having one of those weeks come against the Detroit Lions, which he threw 14 passes in that game. So that was really a fascination. And I was talking about with Mike a little bit earlier. You know who the leading rusher is for the Philadelphia Eagles? That's right. Jalen Hurts. They have not been running the ball much whatsoever, and I've just been really befuddled by it. I like what I've seen out of Boston. Scott, he wound up having a touchdown a few weeks ago. I don't understand why they have been featuring him a little bit more than they have been. And then when it comes to this Eagles secondary, it certainly has been far from great. They wound up signing Darius Slay in the offseason. That has honestly been working out the world's greatest. You take a look at this front seven. Fletcher Cox is proving to be a big, giant waste of money for them. So you got a lot of what you may do when it comes to this team. And then when you take a look at the flip side for the Denver Broncos, they do wind up trading away Von Miller, but they're still a relatively solid defensive team. And when it comes to the Broncos, I think that they're going to be able to do a good job of being able to pound the ball on the ground when you wind up taking a look at home field advantages as well. I always feel like the Broncos have one of the best of them. Being able to go to elevation teams seem to tire out towards the second half of a lot of these games. Now, the line of the Denver Broncos is a little bit banged up in this one. Tim Patrick is also a tad bit questionable, but I do think that they're going to be featuring a heavy dosage of Melvin Gordon III, who has been absolutely terrific here with the Denver Broncos whenever he's been out there on the field. He's been dealing with a couple of injuries himself, but whenever he's been able to be that bell cow running back that they count on him to be, he has been able to provide that and much more. And then when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, they haven't necessarily been the best team at being able to bottle up the ground game as well. I take a look at this Broncos team, and I just don't think that they should be Less than a field goal favorite in this spot. At three, you're looking at a little bit of a different story, but seeing mostly twos out there on the board, I think that you're getting really good value with the Broncos. It's still just really making me scratch my head as to why we've seen the Philadelphia Eagles be such a chic team to all these sharps because I really just don't get it on this one. I know that there are a lot of people that they don't want to take a play because it's a little bit more public. It's going up against sharps, but... In the NFL, it always feels like there's that one team out there that it makes no sense. And if you wind up hitting them, you wind up doing really well. I just still go back to back in the days of when we wound up having Brent Musburger on this network winding up doing point spread Sunday. Every Sunday, we would see it during the year in which the Cleveland Browns went their infamous 0-16. Every week, the Sharps would be on the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are seeing sharp action. And every single week, the Sharps wound up taking a bat. It's just one of these things in which you want to be going up against the Sharps at 100% of your bets. No. At the same time, if you take a look at a couple spots and you are differing from them, don't be deterred by it. If you think that a play is going to get to the window, make that play. I mean, it's just one of these things in which sometimes you just don't want to be second-guessing yourself. If you feel like you've got a good handle on your numbers, if you have a track record of success and you're winding up going up against some of these sharp plays, Trust yourself. Don't just look at it and be like, oh, I'm going to be siding with like 75% of others and assume that the bet is bad when in reality, perhaps you just have a winner and maybe those people that are on the other end, they just aren't going to be able to get through the window in general. So that's just my little bit of a dissertation there for you guys. Hopefully it was a good win one for the Kippers feature you on this very early Sunday morning. And what else I think is going to be very curious is to see if the Kansas City Chiefs can regain their prominence. They have been able to win each of the last few weeks. Covering spreads has not necessarily been their forte. I felt like they were a little bit overvalued last week against the Green Bay Packers. I felt like that was a good spot to be able to take north of a touchdown. Now we've got them as a field goal favorite in a lot of spots. 
against the Las Vegas Raiders. Total on this game is 51 and a half. In a lot of places, you're still able to get a two and a half with the Chiefs. So if you're able to get the two and a half, by all means, do so. Critical numbers, they are just that in the NFL. Very critical. This is a game that I could easily see landing on three. I want to personally take in a two and a half with the Chiefs. At three, it becomes a little bit more of a horse apiece situation, but I would still be leaning towards laying it here with the Kansas City Chiefs because with the Raiders, there's just something that you can't put on a spreadsheet. There's nothing that you can really put into numbers and just everything that they've dealt with in general. I mean, they wind up dealing with the John Gruden situation. Now they're dealing with having to answer questions about Henry Ruggs. So, I mean, it just has been a tough year to say the least for the Raiders. It's just something that you wouldn't wish upon anyone. Now with Derek Carr, he is going to be having a little bit of a new weapon in the fold for this team. They do wind up signing Deshaun Jackson, so that's going to be able to help them out because you wind up losing one deep threat and you wind up getting another one back. But Deshaun Jackson is at a little bit of an advanced age. His speed is not necessarily what it was. I mean, this is a guy that's going into like his 13th or 14th year of NFL football, so you can't expect that a burner is necessarily going to be having the same wheels as he wound up having just coming out of Cal, but you take a look at Derek Carr, he's been able to do a relatively solid job, but I do take a look at the flip side, Patrick Mahomes, he certainly has been throwing quite a few INTs, but I do feel like it's just a little bit of the product of the last few years in general. The Kansas City Chiefs were one of the luckiest teams in not having turnovers go against them in recent years. It's just sort of one of those clusters in which I feel like Patrick Mahomes has been a little bit more unlucky this year after he was quite lucky the last two years. Now I think that things have been able to even themselves out now with the Chiefs. And I think it's going to be very critical for them being able to establish a little bit of a run. It's been very difficult for them with Clyde Edwards-Alaire being on injured reserve the last few weeks. So that is no doubt winding up, has no doubt been really tough for them but you take a look at the Chiefs in general. What else is very big for them is that the ancillary pieces around Tyreek Hill, along Travis Kelsey, they have not necessarily been able to come to the forefront either. Mikel Hardman, he has not been able to do much of anything when this comes to this team, so that has been really tough. I mean, you just take a look at him, man. It's been just one of the worst years that you could possibly imagine for him. And then you just take a look at this Chiefs team in general. You've got to figure that Darrell Williams is going to be seeing the bulk of the carries once again. And he's been able to get a couple touchdowns for this team. But I do think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to do a good job of being able to extend plays. And when it comes to the Chiefs, we just see it every single year with this team. The defense starts out really, really bad. But under Andy Reid, they've improved towards the back of the seasons every single year. And you still have some studs on this defense as well. Frank Clark is someone that has been a little bit banged up. He's been able to provide a little bit more in recent weeks. He was able to have a little bit of an impact in that game against the Green Bay Packers. So I think that that is critical that they've got him back in the fold. You take a look at the secondary. You've still got Tyron Matthew. I think that the Honey Badger is going to be improving as the season goes along. And then when it comes to the Raiders, this is a bunch of what they've been dealing with a couple of injuries of their own. So that has been very tough for them to be able to absorb. I think that they're going to get burnt a little bit in the secondary. Casey Hayward Jr. has been able to give you a little bit of this and that. And Denzel Perryman, I feel like, is one of the more underrated players in the front seven, along with Corey Littlejohn. But Littlejohn is a little bit more of a guy to be able to bottle up the ground game. So that is something that I take a look at as well. And then when it comes to what you're going to be able to get out of some of these weapons of the Las Vegas Raiders, I think that it's a little bit of a question mark because Zay Jones is not necessarily a guy that you want to be having catch too many passes. Now, I will say Josh Jacobs has had a couple very nice weeks for the Raiders. He was able to give the team 76 yards on 13 carries in their previous game against the Giants. But as we know, he's been dealing with some injuries. The Raiders seem very reluctant to run the ball too much as well ever since the new regime has taken over. So I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a flat spot here for the Raiders. And also keep in mind, 
I'm sure that the Chiefs have it top of mind. The fact that the Raiders wound up going into Arrowhead last season. They were able to pull out that win. I think that they've got a nice heaping bowl of revenge for them. So I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs in this spot. And coming up next, I'm taking a look at a little bit of NFL, a little bit of college basketball to get you set for this Sunday. That is coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance. <laughs> Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. 
Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college basketball season has begun. Now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide for just $10. This year's guide has everything that you need to bet on all the games, including odds, trends, power rankings, and analysis for every single team. I wound up giving out a little bit of something on all 358 D1 teams. Welcome to D1 St. Thomas, who wound up getting a win on Saturday. Our team of experts, including myself, Greg Peterson, apparently I made this, along with Matt Humans and Tim Murray, provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, player awards. This goes on and on. You get it all for $9.99 at vsin.com slash subscribe. As we're back here for the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience right here from lovely Circus Sportsbook. Big shout out to all of you guys that have done a great job Shout out to all of you guys that do a great job of being able to help out with this show. All of you guys that wind up listening in, truly do appreciate it. We've got you covered all day long. We're going to give you guys everything that you need for this NFL Sunday. But my namesake is Hoops. We've got some college basketball, and I just wound up doing a read for the college basketball betting guide. So how about if we give out a little bit of a college basketball play? I'm going to be having this in the New York Post as well. So I have no fear if you wind up picking up the post in the AM. There's going to be a nice breakdown here for the game that involves the two teams from the state of Florida. Florida versus Florida State, 675-676 on the betting board. Intriguing spot here. Here at Circa, you've got Florida State as a one-and-a-half point favorite. Pretty much everyone else has this from Florida being a pick to the Gators being a one-point favorite. Total on this game, it has settled in. Anywhere between a 144.5 and a 145, what I wound up giving out for the post because when this number wound up coming out, it was pretty much a pick like we've got right now. I didn't know if it was going to move one way or the other because I see a four-point edge one way. I wound up just giving out the spread when it comes to Florida State. I am personally probably going to be taking a look at Florida State on the money line if I'm able to reduce the juice. If they wind up being a one-point favorite, so be it. I will lay the one point, but I want to make it Florida State a four-point favorite. They've just completely dominated this series. Florida and Florida State play every single year. They've covered each out of the last eight games. You take a look at just the size, the versatility of Florida State. It is insane. Matthew Cleveland is a freshman that they bring in. He's going to be able to have a big impact. Caleb Mills is someone that was the American Conference Player of the Year in the preseason last year. He's someone that while he was at Houston for pretty much is just one year in general, his one full year, he was averaging right around 14 to 15 points per game as a sixth man. You've also got Anthony Polite, a guy that's able to give you 10.5 points, five rebounds per game. And then when you take a look at Florida, this is a team that in their game against Elon, they did not wind up looking so sharp in that game. They wound up going 16 of 29 at the free throw line. Now you've got a lot with Colin Castleton. He does a good job of being able to pass as a big man. He's also able to be one of the better shot blockers in all of college basketball as well. But we also wind up losing a lot of the backcourt from this team from last year as well. You take a look at Florida and Tyree Appleby is the only listed guard from last year that wound up averaging more than a point half per game. You wind up losing so many guys like a Scotty Lewis to the NBA, Trey Mann is out of the fold. Heck, even Quest Glove er, is still out of the fold for this team. So you've got a lot of guys that they are gone from last year's backcourt. You wind up replacing them with quite a few guys from mid-major level. 
the mid-major level. You got Brandon McKissick, Flandarius Fleming, and it's always tough for these guys when they go from the mid-major level and they're expected to produce, produce at a high level when it comes to the Power 5. So that is something that I wind up taking a look at as well. Florida State, they're just bigger, faster, stronger in my opinion. I want to make in this, like I said, Florida State a four-point favorite on my line. In a lot of places, you're finding this between a pick'em to a one-point underdog. I think that Florida State is going to be able to get the job done outright. I want to take this total more around about a 143 and a half. So here at 145, going to be taking a look at an under as well. And I don't necessarily have a ton of games. They're involving Power 5 schools when it comes to the college basketball betting board for this Sunday. But one that does catch my eye, you've got a Tennessee team going up against East Tennessee State. East Tennessee State is actually dealing with their third different coach in the last three years, none of them being on an interim basis. It's a really unique situation there. But with East Tennessee State, you're going to be finding them anywhere between a 16.5 to a 17-point underdog. So we're sticking with the theme of fading the SEC here. And your total on this game, you're going to be finding it pretty much across the board, anywhere between a 136 and a 136.5. I take a look at East Tennessee State. I do think that they're going to be able to cover this game. You do wind up having the Brewers out there for this team. You've got Ty Brewer and Ladarius Brewer. Both of these guys wanted combining for right in the neighborhood of about 26 points per game last season with East Tennessee State. They do have quite a few moving parts. When it comes to this team, I did mention the coaching situation, but Ladarius Brewer, as a 6'5", little bit of a do-it-all player last season, he was able to shoot right around 38.5% from three-point range. He was able to do a nice job of being able to pump in there right around 16 points per game. Vonnie Patterson is someone I think is going to be solid in the season opening loss that they had against Appalachian State. He was able to give the team 11 points facilitation. Not going to be an issue either. They've got a Kansas State fresh or a Kansas State transfer by the name of David Sloan. He has been able to give the team eight assists in the season opener. You've also got Jordan King, who winds up coming in. From Siena. While he was at Siena, he was able to be a key part of that backcourt. He wound up having four assists in their season opener as well. So I think that you've got a lot of weapons for the same Silas Agke is able to do a good job down low against a Tennessee team that they may or may not have John Fulkerson in the fold. Fulkerson last year was able to give the team right around six rebounds, nine and a half points per game. He does a solid job down low. Now, when it comes to Tennessee, you know that there's going to be no shortage of options for them to be able to find some scoring. Kennedy Chandler, Santiago Viscovi. They wanted combining for 40 points in the season opener against UT Martin, but I would not read too much into that UT Martin team because with UT Martin, they literally returned no guys that average at least a point per game last season. They had the most unfortunate of unfortunate situations happen for them. If you want Murphy's Law for a team, that would be UT Martin, ladies and gentlemen, because they literally had their head coach and Mr. Stewart wind up dying like two weeks before the season. It was just something that you wouldn't wish upon anyone. They wound up having their top player in Parker Stewart. He was actually the son of Mr. Anthony Stewart who wound up passing away. So he wound up opting out of the season. You now got Ryan Ritter who is coaching at Bethune-Cookman. He is coming in. He's doing his darndest with his team. But take a look at Tennessee. I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job down low. You do wind up losing guys like Eve Ponce from last season, though. He was just a little bit of a mixer and a shaker. Now, I do like Josiah Jordan-James. We always talk about glue guys in college basketball. I think that he's a critical one for this team. He's just able to give you right around like nine points, five rebounds. He'll give you a couple assists. Not a great three-point shooter. Not a bad one. He'll give you a couple steals. So he just does a little bit of this and that. Justin Boom Boom Powell, he winds up coming in from Auburn. Before going down with a concussion at Auburn, he was a very good player. And I think that he's going to be able to have a nice impact on this team as well. But I take a look at this spot. I just think that getting right around two touchdowns at a field goal, depending on where you're looking, with, with East Tennessee State, 
that is a pretty profitable spot. And with Tennessee, we just noticed that as long as they have had the current regime of Rick Barnes in general, they have been able to do a solid job on defense. I wound up setting the total at a 134. So I'm going to be diving under in this spot, and we're going to be taking a look at taking between 16 and a half and 17 points here with East Tennessee State. When it comes to the NFL as well, we've got a lot of plays that we got fired up here. We have hit on most of them. I wound up wrapping things up last segment with the Sunday Night Football play that I've got. Going to be taking a look at the Kansas City Chiefs. In a lot of spots, you're still finding a 2.5. I know that there are a couple straight threes out there as well. Do everything you can to try to get a 2.5 to be able to reduce some stress there. But I mentioned it with the Packers and the Seahawks under and the Falcons versus Cowboys under. We have seen about 55% of games in the NFL this season wind up going under the total. Was able to grab the Lions a little bit before the Ben Roethlisberger news. So I'm feeling good about the 8 at 6.5. I still advise a play there with the Patriots and the Broncos. I certainly do like both of them being able to cover less than a field goal as well. I feel like the opponents that they're facing are getting a little bit overvalued. And then the other game that I think is going to be of real intrigue as well is this Vikings versus LA Chargers game as uh, Minnesota Vikings have to go out west. You're finding them as a three-point underdog in a lot of spots. Seeing a few straight three and a half winding up popping up as well, but mostly you're seeing three on this game and your total on this game. It is anywhere between 53 and 53 and a half. I've been talking up a whole bunch of unders on this show, how they've been hitting at such a good rate. If I'm looking at an over for this week, I'm going to be taking a look at this Vikings versus San Diego Chargers game. We've just noticed it under Zimmer in general when it comes to his tenure with the Minnesota Vikings. He was always hanging his head on defense. The defense has become one of the worst in the NFL. And then you take a look at the run game of both of these teams with Eckler along Dalvin Cook. Both of these guys are really two of the best that you're going to find out there. Dalvin Cook, such a good so good at being able to be a little bit of a bell cow guy, a guy that has been able to give the Minnesota Vikings 100 plus yards in three out of the last five weeks. I feel like with King Henry out of the fold, he now becomes a top three running back in all the NFL as long as you don't have Derrick Henry out there. And we always like to poo-poo Mr. Kirk Cousins and everything that he winds up doing. He's got 16 touchdowns and two interceptions. He's been really efficient this year. He's been able to do a good job of being able to find a lot of his guys. We could talk about him not necessarily being able to come through in the clutch, but I feel like this is going to be a little bit of a shoot him out game. I think that he's going to be able to find Jefferson in space, and Justin Herbert has really been able to emerge as one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. So I know that a lot of you guys are looking for a little bit more of an over, the over that I'd be taking a look at on this NFL Sunday, Minnesota Vikings versus the LA Chargers. And that will wrap things up for the Greg Peterson experience, but have no fear right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We've got you covered with wall-to-wall coverage all day long on what is going to be a jam-packed NFL Sunday and everything else going on in the sports world. So we've got you set with Point Spread Sunday at 5 a.m. Pacific. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, 
TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.